The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. And we have a great show for today. Brought to you by ghostguide.com forward slash wolfpack and factormeals.com. Don't eat like a peasant. Eat like a king in your first responder's squad room. Uh, meal planning to the next level. Go to factormeals.com. Use that promo code WOLFPACK50. Get you 50% off of those first seven meals. You can do the calorie conscious, the protein heavy, all sorts of meals so that you're looking good. Uh, you're eating good. Uh, we always say that mental wellness starts with a good night's sleep and uh, proper diet. That's why we're proud to proud to partner with people like Ghost Bed and uh, Factor Meals. So. Hit up our sponsor, support those who support us. Uh, we are the Failure Stop Podcast channel delivering, pff, Jesus, uh, like seven shows a week now. We are the number one podcast channel where first responders go to be informed and entertained. Basically, we're giving you guys all the resources that you need that you don't ever have to rely on. I don't even like to call it mainstream media, Josh. I don't like to call it mainstream anymore because I don't know that it's mainstream. I think it's just fake media, propaganda media. Maybe that's what we should start calling it. It doesn't seem real and you seem muted. Yeah. Um, it's, but <laughs> it's all propaganda at this point. Yeah. I've had a couple things on my com My computer had a really bad problem with this this weekend. I guess I have a few things I'm working out still, but yeah, the media, I don't, it's not media. It's all yeah, propaganda. definitely not mainstream media. It's, it's gone the route of uh, propaganda, but don't worry. That's what we're here for. Uh, because first responders often give up on political news. They often give up on anything going on outside the job uh, because the job itself is depressing. But you know what? We give the news just a little bit different. And we always give like a way to fix it and a way to call to action because I feel like all the doom and gloom with no real way to, to work on it is even more depressing. So, uh, yeah, anyway, that's what we're all about tomorrow. Oh, listen, we brought another show onto the C-minus channel. For those of you who are just tuning in, uh, we are a rapidly going, growing podcast channel. It started out as one show a week uh, to bridge the gap between society and police, breaking down the biggest cases in the news, which started between myself and Mike the Cop and the Drinking Bros Podcast Network out of Austin, Texas. Uh, that show quickly grew, and then the need for uh, more shows was there. And so now, three years later, we, uh, as of six, seven months ago, we decided to become an entire channel because we had uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of first responders all across the country listening to us and depending on us for news. So we've hired fact checkers. We've hired producers. We've got, I don't know how many hosts we have these days, eight, um, eight hosts. Um, and, and definitely with one goal and one goal in mind, and that's not to be sellouts. <laughs> that's, I think that's why we love Oliver Anthony so much, because that's exactly what we've been trying to do is, is not be sellouts and to tell the, the news uh, as we, uh, to be journalists in the right way, to find things the right for the right reasons and not to, to spread false news or to, to get you riled up and excited over nothing, to not sensationalize, to not just be begging for clips, but to take who the people who are already doing that going through what they said and, and really digging through the fact checking and figure out, Hey, what's right about this? What's wrong about this? And present it to you in a way that you're not going to sound like an idiot at the weekend barbecue so that you have a general knowledge or at least a general excitement of what's going on. And you can do your own more research in your meat wagon, in your police vehicle 
uh, at your at your laptop at your computer and so you know that's what we're all about uh, but the new shows that we have on the network which is under c minus media is the network that failure stop runs under we now have a podcast called night shift top secret information that's night shift one word top secret information and that is with host conservative ant conservative anthony Ramondi. he is a political commentator and comedian um probably a million followers across the board between tiktok Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, um, over a million people following him. And, and, he, and it's just an exciting show. It's all about uh, top secret information that's been declassified, told in a very fun and exciting way. Um, that comes out every week on audio um, on Mondays, and it comes out on video. The video premiere on YouTube comes out on Sundays. Then we have another show that we just came onto the network today. And that is getting a grip on things. And that is the famous Mike the Cop's son, who has been one of the best producers in the business, in the game, working for all the elites. And I don't know if I can say all the elites that he's worked with, um, but I could, there are some big names out there. Donut Operator, he's, he's worked with in this company. They've worked with Chuck Liddell in these companies that he's worked with. Obviously, he helped bring Mike the Cop, um, uh, you know, one of the most famous viral police officers of all time. But he has now kind of stepped out of the shadows of producing and production and, and marketing and video and all the things that this kid has done. And he's only like 24 years old or something like that. But uh, he's got more experience in the producing game than just about anybody else out there. And he's finally got a, just an amazing podcast, dude. This thing is killer. It's called Getting a Grip on Things. It's intense. They cover some intense topics. Um, and of course the quality of production is perfect because it's coming from an, a near perfect producer. Yeah. So, uh, go ahead and, and dial in, getting a grip on things. Check out that podcast. Uh, we also have the anti-hero podcast, a Delta force operator and Orlando, uh, area police officer or sheriff deputy that have a, uh, a show that's just got some crazy guests on there. Uh, recently they just did an entire breakdown on Rob O'Neill and rather whether or not he is the one that in fact killed bin Laden. Now, a lot of people would say, who cares? He's an American hero. He was on seal team six and he killed bin Laden. But this now retired Delta force operator this recently, uh, retired Delta force operator felt it an injustice and that it's sad that seal team six and their oath of quiet professionals, they cannot speak out against this or they will receive the same fate that Rob O'Neill did, which is uh, allegedly being blackballed from that community. And, um, and and so because these guys couldn't speak up, he's now retired. He's tier one. He brought forth all the evidence um, kind of on their behalf and just said, hey, listen, like, was he there? Sure. Did he shoot Bin Laden? Yeah, but he was like the fourth or fifth person to have shot him. And everybody before him had shot him two times and nobody else took credit for it. Matter of fact, he kind of caused more damage in this incident because he shot, he was the only one that shot bin Laden in the face while he was already uh, either dead or dying on the ground, which screwed up facial recognition and made them stay on site longer to try to get some kind of facial identification on whether or not that they had killed bin Laden or not. So this was all done for clout, which, uh, you know, goes against the code of these tier one operators. And so their last episode was very very intense they had um special guests on to help break it down they had um, internal affairs detectives and and lie detector detectives come on and to just really comb through the story as well as the stories told by other st sc6 operators that were there and i think once you hear all the totality of that incident you're like man i don't know did this 
why did this guy do that? Why is he getting the, the millions, the alleged millions? I don't know that he's making millions. I have met him a few times, and I do have my own very specific opinion of him. Not an opinion whether he killed Bin Laden or not, just but uh, uh, the guy didn't want to give me time or day, and, uh, and, and I was actually asking him or talking to him about my business partner, who is a Tier 1 operator as well, who was going before Congress because he did not receive the jab, and as an E8, was or, or E7 or E8 was potentially going to be removed other other than honorable conditions from the military. And I was just like, hey, man, what is your opinion on this? And he wouldn't even talk to me. He wouldn't give me the time of day. He had the time. We were in a, in a setting where he could have spoken with me and he chose not to. Um, and then I got to see him the rest of the weekend. Wasn't over overly impressed. But um, all that aside, very great podcast from the Antihero guys. So go over to Antihero Podcast. It's their, la- their latest episode. Um, but that is all the things that we have brand new. Of course, we have Kendra J. Rama, brand new to True Crime Tuesday. She's a former officer delivering some gruesome, nasty true crime, making true crime rad again, making it punk rock again, um, and, and not hiding or, or beating around the bush. She's not afraid to say things like the word rape. She's not going to, uh, she's not afraid to, to, to say exactly what happened and kind of have that dark humor behind it, which is hard to find in true crime these days. Everybody wants to be, um, reasonably so everybody kind of wants to be politically correct or sensitive but as first responders listening to true crime uh we're kind of tired of all of that and we can talk frankly and we can talk like adults because we've you know we'd like to think we've seen it all so kendra brings that to the team and we really appreciate it but uh man this network is just growing so fast c-minus media get a hold of us now one-stop shop for everything that you need um, make sure you're leaving five star ratings and reviews because that's how we keep everybody paid. You know, we're actually paying everybody, um, some part time, some full time, all first responders on this channel in some fashion or another, ex first responders, uh, providing them an outlet outside of policing once they've left policing for various reasons to keep a, uh, you know, a, a minor paycheck uh, coming in monthly and some more monthly money. And so uh, all in order to entertain first responders. So full circle, baby, full circle, man. Lots of things going on and we're happy about it. So let's go ahead and dive into today's news really quick, uh, giving you something else to talk about this weekend other than dead babies and domestic violence. Uh, so this Jacksonville shooter, wow. Um, it has overtaken the news. Now, listen, I said this back in July, guys. Back in July, I said it. Tanstradamus predictions. I said that the mandates were going to come back. I said that the you know the political season. I said this in July. The political season starting in October was going to be nothing we had ever seen before. You thought the riots and shit were crazy uh, last election cycle. It's going to be ten times worse. And I told you it was going to start in September. I was wrong there. It's starting in October. We're already catching wind of the new mass mandates. It's gone viral. Listen, I, I like to say I'm the first one to put this out there. I said this to other influencers. They started putting this out there and it's gone like crazy wild. All right. Um, yeah, I said it before Alex Jones. I know I said it before Alex Jones. Maybe I didn't, but I said it in July before I heard that Alex Jones had said it. I'll give you that much. <laughs> but, you know, people were like, Eric, you're crazy. I'm, am I crazy now? Maybe not. I also said racial tensions. We're going to be like that. We've never seen. We thought it was bad. It's going to get way 
worse. And already in August, they are already pinpointing. They are already seeking out racists. And how do I know this? Because what happened in Jacksonville was a racist crime. No doubt in my mind that a racist white man went and killed three black people. That is not, there's no conspiracy behind that. That happened. Don't be a wackadoodle and just think that everything is a conspiracy. Because not everything is a conspiracy. Did a white racist kid go and kill people? I don't care if he was mentally ill or not. That doesn't matter to me. There's a lot of mental, there are a lot of people out there that struggle with mental wellness that don't choose racism, that don't choose violence. At the end of the day, everyone has a choice to some degree. And this guy chose violence and he chose racism. And I'm not debating that. However, um, it has become almost all that we want to talk about. All we want to talk about is the racism behind the the, the suspect here. And the reason why so many people have a problem with it from the right or from the conservatives is because that this wasn't done in places like Nashville and places like Georgia and places like Waukesha. And, um, and, and they, although those are all different, there was almost respect for the suspect in these cases from the media, from the white house. We almost empathized more with the suspect in these cases. And I'll show you proof in the media about this that there was an overt, there was an overt empathy and an overt excuse for these guys. And in this case, zero empathy, even though what both with all of these suspects have in, in common is that they killed a mass number of people. And I don't know that the reason, uh, you know, the reason justifying the means here, I'm not sure that there is any justification when you kill a lot of people. I don't think if you kill a lot of people because they're Christians versus you kill a lot of people because they're black, I don't know that that makes any of those make a difference. It should be just a fake. You killed a lot of people for, for a dumb reason, really, frankly, for something stupid. But it has left people to question these events. And now the media has spun this as right-winged racist, anti-Semitic comments. Now they're saying if you go through, um, and Josh mentioned this before the show, when you when you when you Google these things, almost every single news story talks about anti-Semitism and racism. If you're questioning, so if you, for example, if you Google right now Nashville shooter, you're not going to get any of the stories from 2022, from 2021 on Waukesha or, or, um, or Tennessee, what you're going to get are articles about right-wing extremists and anti-Semites comparing these incidents to Jacksonville. When I, when I, when I go through and I try to find people um, comparing these, they're not comparing them saying that, uh, you know, that, that they're glorifying the suspect, but they're saying is, is, it's apparent that the media wants racial divide. And because there was racism here, they are willing to push this further than they pushed anything else because it does suit their narrative. And anybody that questions or says that you're a conspiracy theorist for bleeding in a narrative, I don't know that you can say that anymore. I think there's way more evidence that a narrative in the media exists. That's why we call it propaganda media. Guys, listen, did you know 37 years ago there were over 50 news corporations? There was over 50 
um, unique owners of news media. Now today, there are only six. There are only six major companies that own news across the planet. And if, if you saw in the conspiracy show that we that uh, Anthony Ramondi runs over there called um, Night Shift Top Secret Information, the very first episode um, was Why Do Conspiracies Exist? And one of the things that, that he plays on the episode there is regurgitated news from every local news agency across the country saying the exact same thing, exact same script. And why is that so hard to believe that if only six companies exist and all six companies want to get on the same page for monetary reasons, that's very easy to do. And when they do that, they are the ones, that's the they, that are writing the scripts and then pushing these out to the alternative press and, and letting these things go viral. So when you wake up and you get your one sheets in the morning of news and different media outlets get access to all these different one sheets and things, you're able to see the same news across the board. And what it is, is everybody's running with the same script because everybody has a policy, right? So WCN4 falls under the same umbrella, uh, WCN4 San Diego falls under the same umbrella as WRAL Channel 5 and, and Raleigh. If they are under the same umbrella. So those two news agencies get the same exact script. Independent journalism is now dead. It doesn't exist. So if you're still one of those folks out there that believes <laughs> that there isn't an overarching narrative being written by six big corporations that own the news, then you are not woke. You are not awake. You are refusing to try to, to, to try to understand any of this. And you're just, you're the one that is propagating fake news. You're the one that's spreading the propaganda. So if we want to take a look at this objectively and not like wackadoodles, one, you would have to be able to admit that what this gentleman did is unspeakable. He's a racist. He did have Nazi emblems, I believe, tattooed into his gun. I believe that he wrote a manifesto um, talking about his political alignments and his beliefs. And I do feel like he targeted three black folks that day before turning the gun on himself and killing himself. But you also have to understand that when there is a manifesto written about another individual who identifies as a she, was once a man, became a female in Nashville, decides to go in and shoot six people and has several journals and several several in entries that are under dispute on whether they should be released or not, those are now not being, even though they were called a manifesto on every single news outlet for the first three days. After that, they are referred to as journals. And they are now referred to as journals and not manifestos because there is not a clear ideology that he wrote about a lot of things, quote, end quote. I tried to look up the TBI director, that is the Tennessee Bureau of Investiga uh, Investigations, uh, the 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 director there, the guy that's kind of had, uh, the head of the investigation. Um, and his name is, uh, 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 I guess you'd call him Agent Roush, David Roush. Um, and he kind of talked candidly at, at, a, at, a, at a sheriff's meeting, a, sh a sheriff's association meeting, kind of talked candidly about it. Now, when you look this up from News Channel 5 in Nashville, when it came up, my computer immediately, I was, I was on here with Dead Leg Media here, my fact checker, and co-host of this show and, and the guy who really makes sure that I'm, I'm telling the truth or, or, or making it at least an honest attempt at telling the truth here and spreading good news and not fake news. 
while I'm looking at this site, out of all the sites I've looked at all day long, I've been doing this since 8 o'clock this morning, brushing up on the notes that we prepared last night at 10 o'clock at night, my computer was hit with a, uh, you may have a virus, please download this now, and it shut down, even though I have an Apple, it shut down the entire Firefox. Now listen, I'm not a you know a conspiracy wackadoodle that thinks everybody's out to get me, but it's just, it, it it's a little bit odd that this is the only story on the interwebs that goes back to David Roush, the director of the TBI, coming out with anything about the manifesto from the events that happened in National Tennessee. It's the only real article that exists out there done by an independent journalist, and it's the only site that I have open that I am just getting spammed to death over, but that's why we bring you the show. We're willing to go through that to bring you the truth. But David Roush, he talked to Kennedy to, uh, to the contents of the manifesto at the Tennessee Sheriff's Association meeting. Roush said what police found isn't so much a manifesto spelling out a target, but a series of rambling writings indicating no clear motive. So if that's all it is, what's the debate in releasing it? If it's just ramblings, cannot the American people decipher incoherent ramblings and, and kind of make, you know, make the own decision that this guy is a wackadoodle and that there's nothing more to it. Investigators searched the Nashville home of the Covenant school shooter, leaving with, among other things, a number of handwritten journals, some videos, and computer hard drives. Roush told sheriffs that the review so far of the material finds that the killer did not write about specific, specific political, religious, or social issues. In fact, his primary focus in the journals is on idolizing those who committed prior school shootings. She appears to have followed their lead, planning for months, and acted alone. Well, we know that those other those other school shooters had a manifesto. We know that. Scott uh, Augenbaum, a former FBI agent, says federal, as if anybody trusts the FBI these days or what they have to say, the TBI and police will be thorough. I doubt it. Uh, quote, we have teams scouring the internet, social media, talking to friends, seeing what the motivation is for this. Who is behind this? What kind of clues we can learn from this? Um, but much like the Vegas shooting, we we have nothing. Years later, they have produced nothing. Even though their intent was to scour the interwebs and to, to do all these things and have these findings, they're going to give us nothing. And that's what it leaves people to question. That's why people are questioning things like the, like the manifesto in Jacksonville, not because there's some anti-semi-racist, it just is like, okay, well, why? Why do you guys get to call these uh, political ramblings? But over on the other side, we call it a manifesto within hours. Um, and, and if that doesn't convince you enough, we have the Waukesha killer, who is a known, um, what's the terrorist group uh, where they defer to themselves as L that we always talk about on here? Oh, uh, the... Um Oh, my brain just went blank. But they sovereign, my, my, sovereign citizens. Sovereign citizens. So he's a known sovereign citizen. He represented himself as a sovereign citizen. That is a known terrorist group in the United States. And this man is a known sovereign citizen who drove through a crowd of white people killing six. Well, it was a crowd of only white people or mainly white people, majority white people. And they wouldn't come up. He even had racial statements posted on his uh on, on his social media webs. Um, let me read you this. Um, and so this was coming from the new person. Now, again, try, okay, so in our dealings with this since last night, when we tried to, when I looked up Waukesha, when I looked up Nashville, Tennessee, all of the articles were referring to the Jacksonville police incident. And that is how we know that the, the media narrative has said, okay, 
we only want you guys to be thinking about the Jacksonville narrative. So even when you type in Nashville mass killer, everything has been changed. Even the things that were dated 21, 22 from Waukesha from this, this incident, they're all go look at them. They are all have a key line behind them that says leading up to the incidents of the horrible racial tragedy, racist incident that happened in Jacksonville, Florida. So they have gone by and rewritten these articles from 2021, 2020, 22, and related them back to what just happened. Um, and it has nothing. All they say is that despite what racist, anti-Semite, white supremacists try to say, there is no link between this and this. Conspiracy theorists, conspiracy, you know, basically trying to call anybody that questions the propaganda narrative here uh, some kind of a racist or a white supremacist of some sort of conspiracy theories. But no, it's literally just questioning things. I mean, we have black hosts on this show. We have gay hosts on this show and to call us racist or, or, um, we our, our publicist, uh, who we work very well with that helps in our advertising is Jewish. So there is no racial tension here. Nobody is racist on this network that we have personally hired these folks. Matter of fact, if you want to get more specific, Drew and I specifically hired each individual on this team. So if you want to say that we're racist or we're some kind of wackadoodle conspiracy theorists that are anti-Jewish, anti-gay, or anti-black, why would I hire gay folks, black folks, and Jewish folks? Now, I also don't uh, go around and parade that for virtue signaling um, at all. I hire these folks because they're the best in the biz and they're the best at what they do. Um, but all of these mainstream media sites, propaganda media sites, revert back to racism and anti-Semitism. Um, however... Uh, yeah, I, I just don't really think that's the case. I think that just exp I think that proves the false narrative that they have. So from the Waukesha, Wisconsin, um, his text message or his um, his uh, Facebook, his social media. Now, listen, he was a rapper that went by Math Boy, spelled B-O-I, Math Boy Fly Rapper. That's about as ridiculous as my 16-year-old Eric Tanzi first Yahoo email address, which was Surf Stud at yahoo.com it's kind of it's kind of good email though i'm just gonna lie surf stud at yahoo matter of fact when i joined the military you had to put down uh, your email and i don't know that i had sent very many emails um up until that point because yahoo was so new and um I, matter of fact i went to my first chat room at 20 years old that was the first time i'd ever been in a chat room so shows you how old i am but um uh, but i remember when they were going on they were like what the fuck is surf stud and, and so a lot of the guys called me surf stud while I was in basic training. But uh, Brooks here, his, this is the man who, who drove through the Waukesha uh, parade here. His, his pseudoname here is Math Boy Fly Rapper. Uh, you know, the difference between me and this guy is I'm 16. He's like fucking damn near 30. He's in his 30s, you know, and he's still rocking Math Boy Fly Rapper. Could you imagine me at 40 still being referred to as surf stud? Get out of here with that. Uh, now, this, is, this got deleted, but not, not before it was screenshot. Um, that, uh, I'll just read this. This is covered in New York post screenshots of Brooks Facebook page under his math boy fly rapper handle were mysteriously deleted right after the parade murders. Uh, it showed that he had praised Hitler. He had praised black lives matter and called for violence against white people. One of his messages said, so when we start back knocking white people, the fuck out, I don't want to hear it. The old white people to knock them the fuck out. Period. He wrote under his rap name, Math Boy Fly, along with a middle finger emoji. Um, Brooks's case has become a cause celebre 
making this a celebration, not in the mainstream media, which was slammed for initially saying the deadly attack was caused by a car that drove into a parade by an increasing chorus of influential podcasters like Joe Rogan and outline pundits who claim Brooks and his victims in Waukesha have been swept under the carpet by the press because the case doesn't fit the agenda. This article was written, uh, let's see, I think it was, written, was in uh, December of 2021, so almost 2022. So even in December 21, guys like Joe Rogan were like, oh, hang on, the news is saying that a car was driven into a, a group, but y'all won't say the race, you won't say the creed, and, and then they won't even say the political ideologies. But now we know, we know now that this guy is a professed, uh, what do they call it? A professed, uh, oh my God, Moorish uh, sovereign citizen. Sovereign You know, but they still haven't labeled it a hate crime. They based it off of mental illness and this kind of alleged uh, domestic violence case, um, which there's more to be said about the domestic violence case as well, because he was let on an extremely low bond in one day. I know that in, in, in North Carolina, you, you hit a woman. Um, it's a 48 hour hold. But this gentleman received less than a 48-hour hold after running a woman over. And then the next day, gets into it with the same woman and then mows down a, a crowd of white people. So, th so the questions here is not of racism. It's not that we're trying to take away that this shitbag in Jacksonville, Florida, this racist shitbag, uh, killed innocent black people. We're not disputing that. But what we're saying is, is that it's apparent that the media wants this. They want follow-on attacks because... They didn't want follow-on transvestite attacks. That's why they don't release the manifesto because they know if you release a manifesto that there are copycats that will be out there, but they don't want copycat transgender mentally ill folks to go out there who are just killing because they think it's cool or because of video games or because of the past school shooters like the Columbine shooters have encouraged them to do so. They don't want that to happen. They don't want mental illness and uh, domestic violence to lead to more innocent killing of six white people. I don't even know how you tie that one in. Let's be honest. Um, they don't want that. Um, but what they do want is to release a manifesto of the Jacksonville shooter because they want copycat. They want there to be more racism. And the reason why they want more racism is because I called this in July 1st, that that is what this political climate is going to be based off of is racial fear and tension and uh, pandemic hysteria. That is what's going to happen. Like we have never seen the divide and conquer is going to be like we have never seen coming in October. And so how do we combat this? You stop listening to mainstream media. You stop talking about these salacious headlines about racism. We know it makes you angry. And it doesn't make you angry because you're a racist cop. It makes you angry because it's not fair. It's not just, it's not unbiased news. But when you lash out, and you don't think before you speak, you really do sound racist. So the way that we combat this, the way that we fight this going into the 2024 election season is to stop. And if you stop, it stops giving them money. You know, I, I read these headlines and I don't even click on them because I don't want even my single click. What I do is I go to very obscure news sources to try to find out, uh, I go to Department of Justice websites, I go to statistic websites, I go to um, alternative press outlets uh, and I try to stay away from it. If it's a salacious headline, I try to stay away from it, period, whether it's right winged or left wing, because I don't even get, I don't want to even give them the clicks. Um, however, I often have to, or I wouldn't be able to get their side of the story, but I, I try to do my best. I at least, you know, 
you know, it'd be like if you're climate conscious, right? Like I'm climate conscious. I don't litter. Um, I don't uh, mash my gas pedal down um, everywhere I go. I, I try to use less plastics when it's reasonable to do so. Um, you know, I am co- conscious about how we treat our oceans and, and I teach my kids to respect animals and respect the living and, and guarding and have an understanding of it. Um, you, but I don't preach those things and then, you know, just go out and needlessly fly a jet around and then preach to you that you shouldn't get on a plane at all. Um, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd like to say I try to practice what I preach the best I can, right? The best anybody can. Like back in July, when you had your, your Tanstradamus, you were, you laid out what the media was going to look for. Now, Drew brings up a case, and I'm going to lay this case out. An individual, based off a race, killed four other individuals. The next day, gets into a shootout with the police, and three police officers are injured. Why didn't you hear anything about this? This happened literally two weeks after you made your prediction. And when I start to search for it today, how far down in the search query would you find these terms? And I, it was funny that I did this. So I, I, I screen or cropped all this stuff. So black man kills white. That's the four words that I searched. How far down do you think we have to go before we get anything relating to this? Oh, and this was a horrific incident that happened in Georgia. I know the incident that you're talking about and yeah, you can't find it anywhere. I mean, this guy went to a prominent old white people community and just started fucking killing them because they were white and the, and the media the media only spun this as another mass shooting, another mass shooting, another mass shooting. They didn't talk about race. When, when you talk about Waukesha, that's another mass killing, mass killing, mass killing. It's not a hate crime. When we talk about Nashville, Tennessee, they mention more about mass killings and, and mass shootings than they do anything else, um, more than even mental illness in this case. And again, with this case in Jacksonville, all you're going to hear is mass killing, mass killing, and mass killing, because that's a better narrative than what's, what, what's going on right here. And the reason for that is because 30, over 34% 34% of hate crimes, according to the Department of Justice, according to the FBI stat sheets, which is almost impossible to find out. Every time you go to the FBI stat sheets and try to look up hate crimes and who commits them, it only gives you to definitions and it takes you to more definitions and redirects you to more definitions. They do not want you to see that 30, almost 35%, uh, almost it's 35, it's 34.6%. So if you want to round it up to 35%, 35% of hate crimes are done by folks who are not white, even though that white people make up 60% of our population. Um, and, and even out of the, the, the 60, 60%, uh, you know, by the way, it's like 51% of white people commit hate crimes. If you can find the statistic, which is very difficult to find again, because you get rerouted and rerouted. But I, I think that's, the, I think that's what it is right there is that it's a uh, 51% um, or 50, maybe it's 56% white people. Um, well, well over half, but under 60% of white people, uh, commit hate crimes, but a lot of the hate crimes are done to other white people as well. It's not necessarily white against black, which is the narrative that's always trying to be sensationalized. And, and so what they don't want to talk about is that 35% of hate crimes are being committed, um, you know, by 15% of the population which, you know, which is a number that you, you could argue with. Now, listen, I, I'm not, I don't want to get into statistics and everything. I hate statistics in school. We heard uh, Jay Durrell on Monday talk about how much he hates statistics. Uh, but sometimes statistics matter. And, 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 but the narrative here, what we need here is race baiting fear. What we need you to do is be upset 
that the media coverage is not fair in Jacksonville as it is fair in Na- in Nashville or Waukesha or even in Georgia. Uh, Dead like how far down did you have to scroll to find out, um, you know, about this Georgia killing of four four white people? So we did the Chastronomus. So as soon as this case came up, I've been watching this case and keep an eye on this case this whole time to see if it would pop back up. So I was looking specifically for this case. So black man kills white. Uh, even Google is like, hey, are you sure black man killed white? Or let's go ahead and we'll, we'll add some other search results in here. Uh, white man kills uh, three black people. White man kills three black people. Florida governor uh, talking about it. The family of Kimberth. A black man killed in 2011 by police. None of this has anything to do with the search results that I just put in the four words. So if you're going to tell me that there is no concerted effort about this, I'm going to tell you right now, that's fucking bullshit. Absolutely. Because you're going to put this narrative out here about all this. And I'm not going to downplay this. This is bad. But if we're going to call a spade a spade, call the spade a spade. When a black man in Atlanta racially killed four people and then the next day got into a shootout with police, give it the same coverage. Because when you don't, you're going to get people like us going, why? Why? Because you want to push a narrative. You want to push this narrative that there's this racial divide. Well, when you take these statistics that the FBI has, and and Jay doesn't like statistics, and Eric doesn't like statistics, I love statistics because statistics are some of the greatest things in the world that we can look at the same sets of numbers and come up with two different conclusions. And that's math. But when you take statistics and you start applying it to the actual population, there's nothing for this narrative to to pull weight on. They have to wait around for someone to go on a mass shooting so they can beat on that horse. And as soon as a mass shooting happens, they start beating on the horse until it doesn't fit the narrative. And then they do what Dave Chappelle says, shut the fuck up. So that's exactly what they started doing about Nashville. They shut up about it. They don't want you to know about the manifesto. So if we're going to call a spade a spade, call a spade a spade. Let's go after the manifesto for that one. But if we're not going to do it. And if you don't want to release the manifesto because you're afraid of follow on attacks or copycat attacks. Great. I can respect that. But then let's not show the manifesto to the racist guy. We don't, why do we need to see the right, you know, and that's, that's where the fact checkers are, are killing me on this. Um, and that, that's where these, you know, these media, when you, when you type any of this in now, listen, if you don't believe me, just Google it for yourself right now, Google Waukesha, Google Nashville, you're every single thing that comes up for the first five or six listings is going to be about Jacksonville, Florida, or it's going to relate you back to Jacksonville, Florida. And, and, and. And the reason for that, and the, re- the problem I have with that is, is because they did release parts of the manifesto, or they did release that this had absolutely everything to do with racism. They know what happened in Tennessee, and they know what it has to do with. It doesn't need to necessarily be a manifesto with political ide- ideologies written in it. There are enough clues in there and enough statements, key statements, that say this person did these killings because of X, but they won't say what X is. And, and that's what drives me crazy. And it's, in one instance, you'll say what X is. In the other instance, you won't say what X is. And that's because the media needs there to be more racist killings because it proves their narrative correct. And they want the racial divide. And again, it's when I say the media, I'm saying it's these six rich folks that own these media outlets that are in control of that. 
and it is a propaganda network. Um, the Art of War talks about this in great detail. And I, I we have always referred to The Art of War, one of the greatest books uh, on war and, and war teachings. Every soldier I know um, and every good leader I've had in the military ha has encouraged its troops to read The Art of War. And it talks about the one of the key elements to war is absolute deception. When you are close, make it appear that you are far away. When you are far away, make it appear that you are close. When you don't have, when you have enough troops to to defeat your enemies and and have them driven before you, as Arnold Schwarzenegger and Conan would say, and to hear the lamentations of their women and children, appear that you don't have enough troops. So deception is the key. And right now we are at at war with a a complete government overhaul, and that is why songs like Oliver Anthony's song is resonating as an anthem across the United States to everyone because there is an over, there is a war going on right now between rich elites and and the middle class and the rest of us and they don't want a middle class they want you to be you know um and, and I don't know why I don't know why the rich want to just keep getting richer and richer and these are not good people right now I'm, I'm and on the uh, conspiracy show with a conservative ant the next episode is secret societies and who are the they's in conspiracy theories in these secret societies and you'll see very quickly that there are a lot of people, Prescott Bush and the Bushes, who are part of, of these um, secret societies. And if you get past the conspiracy part of the secret societies, because a lot of that is, is folklore and myth, but a lot of the original societies that were formed um, were formed under pretenses that were to overthrow certain governments. Even George Washington wrote about Illumin George Washington, and this is in the archives, um, he wrote about the Illuminati. And, and, and how the, the, there was concerns that Illuminati had infiltrated, as is weird stuff here, had infiltrated the Freemasons. But they were even talking about this in the 1700s. So, so to say that there's no such thing as an Illuminati, I mean, there is, because there's historical documentation going far back as George Washington. Actually, I got to read those statements this week um, that you can find on the, in, the, on, in the government archives here in the Smithsonian and, um, or uh, the Library of Congress. And uh, it's really, really cool to read something, or even it's a picture on the on the interwebs of of this, um, you know. But it's on the archives website. It's really cool to see how you know that George Washington spoke about the Illuminati. So, you know, there are there are people out there who who don't want to do uh, to do good things, and and the media has become just this in, insane push for the industrial military complex. And you know, if you don't believe that there's an industrial military military complex, talk to any Iraq or Afghanistan vet that served in the early 2000s, and they'll tell you all about the uh, about the trickery and the propaganda that we all fell for. And I, I don't, I haven't really met any veterans lately that are like, oh yeah, that war was 100% just and not just to make Bush rich and a bunch of other ruling elites rich. So I think a lot of us have have woken up to the fact that uh, that some of these conspiracy theories do, do exist. So um, anyway, I, I would say on this matter. Don't get down the rabbit hole of, of fighting this with your, your friends and making it about race because it's nothing about race. This has nothing to do about race and everything to do about media divide and conquer. And, and we got to be better than that. We got to be smarter than that. Hug your black friends, hug your white friends, hug your Jew friends, hug your gay friends, and know that, uh, you know, don't get caught up in the, in the argument here. Um, accept the fact and know the fact and don't argue the fact that this was a racist individual who committed atrocities. Don't, don't back down from that. That's exactly what happened. And anytime that you try to, to argue about that, you're, you're going to appear racist. And, um, you know, because I, I truly, I truly do all the evidence I've seen this, this kid looks like 
He was a fucking racist. Um, not racially motivated, just fucking racist. Uh, next up on the docket, we have a, a young man who was removed from class for having the Gadsden flag on his backpack. Um, this is a really well-dressed student. The reason why I say well-dressed student, he's not just some you know, redneck trailer trash country bumpkin. Listen, there's nothing wrong with, with being a white trash redneck country bumpkin, but a redneck white trash country bumpkin comes with some other negative stereotypes, just like, you know, gang members walking around wearing gang colors. Anybody that wears blue doesn't mean you're in a gang, but if you dress like a gang member and you affiliate yourself with gang members and you live in the hood and you've got a blue hat on and a blue scarf hanging out of your right side back pocket and you got blue laces in, you know, you might be a fucking gang member. So although this kid is not dressed like he's, uh, you know, some kind of Confederate redneck hillbilly that hates blacks and Jews, um, he doesn't fit that, that stereotype. Instead, he fits a stereotype of a political, you know, and that, younger ages right now are starting to question politics too, which I think is great. Um, I, I think it's bad that they're being indoctrinated by it in schools, but I think that there are, are a number of kids that I've spoken with that actually are a lot smarter on politics than I was. You didn't talk about politics when I went to school, and, and I even had a school paper in probably maybe 11th grade, and um, I guess it was an election season, and we were supposed to, we were supposed to interview our parents um, and talk to them about who they were voting for, and now I see how inappropriate this was as a for the teacher to do this. I didn't understand that back in the day. But my parents also always told me that teachers were always right. I wasn't allowed to stand up against teachers. My parents could do it, but I could not. And when I went home and I was interviewing my dad and I said, Dad, are you Republican or are you a Democrat? He said, none of your business. And I said, what? And I was like, yo, Dad, what is a Republican or a Democrat? And I was like 16 maybe at this time. And he says, it doesn't, if you don't know, then, then, then you're not old enough to talk about it. I said, well, are you going to teach me about it? And can you teach me the difference between Democrat and Republican? And he's like, I mean, I'm not going to do it right now. I'm not going to do it for the sake of this paper. But uh, when you're old enough, you know, I'll let you know. And I said, okay, all right. So I wrote on my paper, you know, none of your business, you know. And uh, and that was the end of it. And it wasn't until later on in life that I realized that my dad wasn't trying to indoctrinate me. Um, I never knew who my dad was voting for. He didn't put signs up in the yard until after me and my brother had graduated high school and no longer lived under his roof did he become pretty political. Um, I, 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 I think if I had to guess, I think my dad voted for Bush. Um, uh, but then I think, uh, I think he also voted for, voted for Obama. I know he hated Trump. Um, but I know that he hates Biden. I don't know where my dad stands politically. I really don't. Um, I think he flops maybe every other day, but I, I now understand that he was doing his best not to indoctrinate me as, as a young child, but I now I'm talking to children and and teenagers that know a lot about politics. And there's a lot of people, uh, there's no, there's a lot of people questioning politics like this young gentleman. And he looks like he's a politically motivated young man who's, who's, you know, picking a side and standing up for what he believes in. And he's got this backpack full of patches. One is a patch that identifies him as a Christian. It is the, uh, it looks like it's the St. Michael, the angel of St. Michael, uh, which might be the patron saint of, uh, police officers, not the Patreon saint of, of uh, failure to stop, but uh, St. Michael Patch on his backpack. Do you have a picture of this kid's backpack? Yep, for the people on YouTube. Um, yeah, what does the big white patch say? Do we know what the big white patch says on the backpack? J-Rod for VP Revolution. 
I'm going to guess maybe J-Rod. that's a school, a school That looks thing. like a school thing. Yep. School politics. School this kid's board. wearing, uh, you, you know, he's got a camouflage backpack and he's got the Gadsden flag. Now, there's no rebel flags. There's the, the St. Michael flag, which I don't know if he's trying to say that he's a Christian and he believes in the don't tread on me. Uh, tre- don't tread on me flag, you know, pre- is dated back to the Revolutionary War. It has nothing to do with the Civil War and racism, but he's removed from class because he has this Gadsden flag on his backpack. And when his mother comes in to talk to the teacher, the teacher is an ignoramus. And this is this is a problem, big problem I have with, with uh, public schools. Just because you're a teacher doesn't mean you know everything. Now, I, I homeschool five kids, so I'm a teacher of five kids. Um, mostly three kids that I teach. But if I don't know the answer, I have no problem explaining to my children that I don't have the answer and why I don't have the answer and how we're going to find the answer. And we teach a lot of critical thinking. Now, this teacher displays absolutely uh, zero ability to do any critical thinking. Instead, she says it's a racist flag pre, uh, dating back to the Civil War. So she doesn't even know. She hasn't even done her own research on why she hates the flag. What she sees is a political opposition. And there's a the left has been trying to silence their political opposition. Now, I haven't seen much from the right trying to silence imagery of the left to silence their political affiliation. No, no, nobody has tried to get the peace symbol taken down. Nobody has been seeking to get coexist posters and stickers taken down. These are symbols of your, but nobody's, uh, you know, don't pollute the planet. And, and, you know, the right has never really come after anyone trying to get them to remove these symbols. However, the left, it seems like every day is picking a new symbol um, of the right and trying to get get rid of it, whether it be the thin blue line, whether it be the Potasher school. Whether it, no, like, so we get to have zero banner. So you get to have zero banner as uh, somebody who's proud of America. You know what I mean? Like now they're even coming after the American flag in some cases um, with this, this gentleman that we talked about in Virginia who showed up to school with two American flags hanging out the back of the truck. And they said that that was distracting to the students. So we can't have the American flag. We can't have the Gadsden flag. We can't have the Punisher skull. We can't have Crusader crosses. We can't have, you know, we have zero symbols to identify us and our political beliefs of conservatism or being conservative. But the right can do whatever they want. Bring up this picture. This is after the gentleman was removed from school. He and his mother go out to one of the teacher's car that is plastered and political stickers all about. What, what are these? some of these stickers say? I can't see it. It's too small. Uh, the, the one big green one in the center is make America green again. Okay. A bunch of green. There's a bunch of uh, green political stickers and uh, climate change, things like that. Some homosexual so, stuff on there looks like as well. Yeah. yeah so that that's not uh, distracting at yeah, all. Yeah. It's, 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 it's it looks like a Subaru, to be honest with you. Um, is that a Subaru or something like a Subaru-esque uh, station wagon? A Mitsubishi. Was that like? But what, what, Mitsubishi, like what, the little station wagon? Is that what it is? Yeah, tiny little station like wagon, something like that. Yeah. Very, very similar to the, the Subaru style, but I mean, it's plastered. The whole back thing is plastered in bumper stickers. And what that person is doing is driving around and saying, "Look at me." This is what I identify as politically. They need the world to know where they stand. Um, and it's no different than the, the fucking Marine that has the, you know, uh, the globe and anchor and the Punisher skull and the red globe and anchor license plate and the devil dog sticker. You know, it's no different than the guy that has, um, you know, hunt bucks and uh, I, I hunt. It's got the dog cages. And they're just trying to symbolize where the rugby player that has the rugby 
you know, ball sticker and the rugby stickers and all the things, uh, all the things tattooed across the, the, the back of their car. Um, these are people who identify with, with certain ideologies. And so what they're saying here at this school is that that is okay as long as it matches with our political beliefs. It's not okay if you do it. And, and that's where they have a problem now because America is great and, and we can all voice. This was voted on on the school board yesterday and he was allowed to return back to class with this thing. But how stupid does it make these public school teachers look that they're so consumed with their own political ideologies that they can't even themselves be critical thinkers? And what does this well, teach other kids? Well, it's one of the it, like if you take a step back so that we just talked about wanting to divide America and then we talked about this if you take a step back further and we we say that there's a something there's a big something that wants to, to divide the country there's this big this one we want to take over we want to have control you want to demoralize your enemy your enemy is the people so the people are, we are the enemy of whatever this is. So how do you demoralize that? You take things away. You take things that they would rally around, like the American flag. That's a rallying point. The, the, these, are, these are things that are poignant in our history that we would rally. And everybody's us. done it. Everybody's done it. When Poland exactly. was uh, standing up in Warsaw, um, they had the, the whale hook on the red and white flag and that was their symbol that they that they they all wore it on their their arms and they made that up just for the the Warsaw resistance and and it became a rally point for them and, and a, a very strong rally point because they they hung this on the last concrete battle you can you know extraordinary extraordinary efforts by the people of Warsaw to fight the Nazis um and to and to save basically you know, I, I think it was like 300,000 of them died in like 56 days, something like that. An insane amount of Polish people. Um, I might be wrong on that that stat there. You can fact check me if you want. But how many people died in the uh, in the Warsaw? Get, um, but, you know, we like all rally this. around these flags, as, as Josh was saying. Yeah. yeah, like not to get too far down, like the symbols and taking them away. The swastika. It, there you go. Uh, like we took that away because it's we symbolized. Well, if you go back, Nazis got behind that after that. That comes from India. Yeah, that's a religious Indians. symbol in India. So we, as the globe, said, "Nope, you can't do it." But if you go to India, there are temples and shrines that have that all over, and we don't they don't take that away because that's that's what that was from. But if you want to demoralize, take it away, and you're attacking the kids. These are going to be the next generation of of uh, us. 20 years ago, it was us in high school. We watched the towers come down and we said, yeah, we'll go. Right now, they're in the schools telling kids, hey, there's a bunch of races out there. Hey, they don't like you because you like this. Or, hey, they don't like you because you like this. Or, hey, because you're different, they don't like you. They're trying to draw the lines in the sand. It's pretty – I mean, it, it can't pretty be apparent. any more clear. No, it can't. Um, let's jump on to this Maui fire timeline because this is questionable at best. I know that uh, Josh has done a lot of research into this being from being, living in Hawaii and being a law enforcement officer in Hawaii. What do we have for the uh, Maui fire timeline here that has you asking so many questions? So I'm going to use, I'm going to present this with uh, what the AP has and they have a really, really nice graphic. I want to give them as much credit. Uh, graphic was done by Caleb Deal, K uh, Christopher Keller, the stories from Rebecca Boone, uh, Heather Hollingsworth, Claudia uh, Lar, and the data is from Maxar, ESRI, Brasilia Imaging Incorporated. 
but they have this really nice graphic that goes with the timeline. So there's a couple fires that are going on on Maui. So at 12:22 a.m. on August 8th, so this is at 2 at o dark 30, o 22 in the morning. Satellite imaging picks up fires on Maui. These destroy 19 homes. These have nothing to do with the Lahaina fires that we're going to talk okay. about. Okay. It's 6:37 a.m. 90 minutes after residents in West Maui started reporting and experiencing problems with electricity and having power outages. So there's areas that are losing power. It's coming back. It's going out. It's coming back. This is consistent with reports of down power lines and trees hitting power lines and power lines being snapped in half. And that's because of this violent storm, correct? Yep. And that's because of, uh, let me pull up this. This is satellite imagery from the hurricane as it comes across on the south side of the Hawaiian Islands. So what that does is if you see this this yellow in this imagery, this is kind of represent, representing a, like a pat, the air pattern and how that works and how that comes over the islands. This is another imagery that shows uh, the, the fire, how, it, how the, the air and the winds, they're going the opposite direction of what the trade winds normally happen. Okay. And I'm going to show this real quick on Google Earth. This is how the trade winds, they come across the island over this way. So what happens is they come up the eastern slopes of the mountain, and then they'll come back down the western slopes. What happens when this when this is a weather phenomenon, it's called downsloping. So all of those that air is amplified. So it's forced down into this valley where it's 637 a.m. They have uh, watched utility poles in the backyard of the house. So this is 637 in the morning. Okay. By 3.30, a fire is flared up. The fire or the county had come out and they said that it was taken care of. But at 3.30, right. it's now there's video of fire and actual fire, flames going on. So I have in my timeline here, and it's a se several pages deep. We're going to put a pin in this 4.45. So there are several things that are going to happen between 3.30 and 4.45. 4.45 is uh, the next time that they give an update, which is an hour and 15 minutes. So in the next hour and 15 minutes, hundreds of lives are going to be lost because of decisions that are made. There are 80 sirens that are on the island of Maui. None of them were uh, alerted at all. The I don't the uh, emergency, Maui Emergency Manage Management Agency Administrator Herman and Dia maintained that he has no regrets about keeping the sirens silent. Nine days after this uh, uh, fire, he resigned for health reasons. <laughs> no regrets. I'm gonna. I want you to think about that and remember that. What I'm going to point out here, very, very, very several people are going to point out, we had no warnings. We had no warnings. We had no warnings. We had no warnings. We had no sirens. There were no warnings, despite what the officials are going to say. Of the five sirens, they're in the uh, Lahaina area. Two of them are solar powered. So these are designed to be operated independently of the electric grid. Now we're going to pause for the electric grid. This is an island. 
So this isn't like uh, if you lose power because the power goes out from a hurricane and things like that, that you can have a packup power grid, that you've got other things that you can tap into, that you can pour the load onto another power grid for a little bit while this one gets back up. It's an island. There is no other thing to tap into. So right. once the power goes out, it's out. So of the five sirens, two of them, they could have signed. Schools were closed for the day. So they knew that the fires or they knew that there was a risk. They had closed the school. Um, I'm going to point out, this is a note. Schools were closed for the day. There are over 3000 students in the Lahaina area that are in. Yeah, the but I mean, it's pretty normal. System. I mean, Florida, Florida closed schools for their hurricane. I mean, closing schools yep. is not nefarious yep. during a hurricane. So we're going to put all these kids at home, no schools. Uh, there was no warning. No one was warned. If we had at least 10 minutes, we could have saved a lot of kids. If we had just like 10 or 15 minute warning, uh, blared a yeah and we talked about this the reason why they didn't give the warnings they didn't want to have everybody run towards the fire which is a ridiculous excuse um, which is which is complete bullshit because i lived if, out there if of excuse at all it's complete bullshit so at 340 baird along with his wife courtney and their two sons and mother and their dog joined the rest of the neighborhood in a mad rush to escape flames had covered the eastern half of the road and blocked the bypass exit, forcing all residents to the west. Bear described the falling telephone poles and a car accident on the road behind them. Suddenly, imagery from the next two days shows burned cars around what appears to be a broken pole. So what I'm explaining is this is Lahaina. This valley comes down. This air from the hurricane is funneled directly down. The, this is geographic stuff that just... You can't conspiracy bullshit this. This is just right. physical things that are happening. Right. But what you can't start to get into is uh, we're gonna. I'll, I'll come back to this because I I want to get to where we talk about the roadblocks. Each one of these blue dots on this map are where a roadblock was set up. What was the purpose of the roadblocks? Uh, they said that was, so the areas were closed so Hawaiian electric crews could work on down power lines, according to the county. The police chief said later, officials were not trying to keep people from leaving Lahaina, just driving over live wires. So what we've passed over here is the emergency management post on social media an hour and 15 minutes after this has already started, like, they're getting alerts finally, but they're not because there's no electricity, sales services down. They're not sounding the sirens. You, they're saying that they've gone door to door. The police chief later on says that they've gone door to door, but they don't say where they've gone to door to door or how many officers went door to door or for how long a period of time they went door to door. So these, this is Front Street. So all of this air and this wind and this fire is getting funneled down to Front Street. So they can't go south because all the roads are blocked. So they have to go north. Well, guess what's north? That's where all the fires Fire. were. So between four and 6 p.m., an emergency, uh, an independent, um, independently owned EMS service called the Coast Guard to report that they needed help with at least 10 people that were in the water. The Coast Guard said that they recovered 40 uh, individuals that had to seek medical treatment. Um, Throughout well, I mean, a lot of people just suffocated to death in the smoke in the water because even though they were in the water, safe from the fire, the smoke was so thick that they couldn't breathe. And so they just passed out in the water and drowned. I have in my notes, they had uh, 
the decision of dying in a burning car or try to run to the ocean. As you're watching the every, you're literally an apocalyptic. Everything around you is burning. Everything. And you have to make it less than a football field to the ocean. But even then, once you're in the ocean, you can't breathe. You're just now not on fire. So guess what? Breathing is a pretty important part of life. Two hours after the residents are fleeing the homes, uh, Lahaina is the the front street is a complete standstill because of all the car- now you have cars that are there that are just parked in the road because people have got out to flee. You got people trying to drive around the cars that are there. You got cars that are already on fire and burning. Like Maui County shares another update on Facebook saying the road leading south has been cleared, but traffic will be slow. So this is at six o'clock. So at seven thirty, on the north side of town, uh, they're still evacuating because the house across the street is now on fire, and they're evacuating after they were told from the fire department that their house would be fine, that their um, everything would be okay. Two weeks after the fire, the police chief says that officers knocked on doors and used loudspeakers to get people out of harm's way. He doesn't say exactly uh, when or where those efforts uh, were occurred. Uh, everything in red is total destroyed, totally destroyed. Wow, uh, everything in white is significantly destroyed or damaged. There were over 2,700 buildings are completely destroyed and over a hundred more are severely damaged. Um, so this past last week I was on vacation and John did a great job. So I was figured that we would get more information. Um, what we have learned in the past week is yes, probably power lines. So the, yeah. the power company is being sued. Um, FEMA and bringing tents out, but instead of bringing tents out for their workers to stay in, they're bringing tents out. And maybe people are going to stay in, but I don't even know that they have tents out there because FEMA is shacked up in rooms that normally go for $749 a night, but because it's a government rate, they pay for uh, $531 a night. And in an interview, this ass clown for FEMA says that we have the ability to put tents up to put our workers in, but we're putting them in the hotels and it's not taking up the room. Um, it's not taking up hotel rooms for people of this 2,700 buildings are gone. Where the fuck do you think they're going to go? They're going to go in the tent cities that you don't set up because, um, hungry sent out 20 containers of 250 that they committed. Hungary is sending humanitarian aid to the United States. Japan sent $2 million in humanitarian aid to the United States. The same yeah, why do we need, why do we, need time, any? <laughs> we sent $200 million of your taxpaying dollars to Ukraine while Americans burned in paradise. This is absolutely unacceptable. This is complete bullshit. Yeah, I mean, have we ever accepted humanitarian aid from other countries before? Is that a normal when, thing? I, I when has this happened? When? I don't when, know. I was asking. Any hurricane, any of the major massive events, any of the massive hurricanes that we've had in the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, do they, do they, do, 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 I mean, I don't know. Maybe something can fact check it. Do we have humanitarian aid from other countries for Katrina? I don't remember. I, I mean, yeah, I at least it, it definitely it wasn't. But it, I don't. No, you it's, keep going. It's to, a, it's, it's to a point now where this is noted. Our president is checking time while we're while we're dealing with deaths. 
As of 12 hours ago, 115 dead and 388 missing. How many missing? 388. I'm just going to scroll and we're scrolling rather fast. This is the list. I'm still scrolling. We're still scrolling. Because, you know, we, we, we originally we talked to, to people on the ground there through text messages, uh, firefighters and cops on the ground there that first week. And, and remember your guy, I'm not going to say his name, but you know, he said that when, you know, when we asked how many people were dead, he said thousand over a thousand, four to 500. Easy, easy. Cause he like, said everybody that's missing is not going to be found. The majority of them are not going to be found because this was a scorched earth event and you're just not going to find there. The bodies have been looked like they're gone. They're ash. They're, the the problem that they're having now is they're trying to have people or they need people to bring DNA samples in so they can identify the remains that they have recovered to be able to say that, yes, this was your grandmother. Yes, this was your son. This was your kid that stayed out of school this day. This was the people that we said, hey, we're not going to, you're, you're safe. You're not going to have to leave. And uh, you burned alive. The, and our, our country is not doing a damn thing about it. And they're, they're silent. The governor wants to say that it's climate change. No climate change didn't do anything with down power lines. Sorry. Sorry. Then they're going to so, talk about the, the, the water, the water pressure and limiting water pressure for the fire department to be able to use for fires. Um, I'm going to ask Kiefer, but correct me if I'm wrong. Water is one of the essential things that we use to put out fires. And you're going to take that. that no, you can, uh, you can blow on them. You can blow you on can, them. If everybody in unison blows at the same time, you can blow a fire out. You can, so you really they died because of lack of teamwork. Um, the, the, and all the officials that were supposed to be in charge were off Island on some conference, but they were there from zoom calls, but they don't know. They're asking the reporters are asking very specific questions. Like when were you aware who was in charge, who made this decision, who made this no decision? Comment. And uh, it'll, it'll all come out. It'll no, it'll not come out. You know, it's it came out. out. It came out with Uvalde in like four hours. Instantly. <laughs> it came out instantly with the shooting, the, 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 the white kid that guy that should shoot those black guys that came out instantly. Instantly. So here we go for a point of reference, Thailand during uh, this hurricane Katrina for New Orleans, Thailand gave 60 doctors and rice as a gesture from the heart. Thank you, Thailand. Gosh, it's sweet. Um, wonder how many children they sent over for the political elites. Um, Germany sent high-speed pumps. Oh, that was a low-key joke. That was a low-key and like a pedophile joke to the politicians. So I apologize for it. Uh, Germany sent high-speed pumps. The Dutch offered, they offered levy reconstruction experts. So yeah, it doesn't sound like they got it. Very large cash donations, cash donations came from Kuwait and Qatar and the United Arab Emirates. And Canada sent uh, Navy ships and helicopters and about 1,000 helpers. So Canada pitched in a little bit. Um, Thailand pitched in. And it looks like Germany pitched in. So there we go. Because it happens sometimes. Um, we yeah, have, but yeah, this this this, this timeline of, of Maui is, is it's odd. It's weird. Um, you know, the, 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 what's even more weird about it is the government's response to it. This chilling out on vacation, this, you know, he had to be booed in Tahoe, um, you know, because he left his one vacation and went straight to Tahoe for a second vacation. Very strange. We, we talk about conspiracy theories and conspiracy theorists. And 
you know, back in the, like when you were growing up and someone said conspiracy theorists, like in my head, when someone said that I'm thinking someone lives in their, their mobile home or their RV in the middle of the woods and they wear a tinfoil hat and the government's going to be listening to that. Like, that's what I used to think conspiracy theorist was. Cause that's what the government kind of put out there. Like, Hey, these are the, the weirdos or the nut jobs. And the government is trying to control what you hear, what you see, everything that what you consume. And if you don't think so, Twitter files, we talked about it. The media, we've talked about it. Every bit of the, the Google search on the internet, we've talked about it. We've shown you, we've shown the search results on YouTube, this show, every bit of the, the, the network, how it gets derated and it's not in the algorithms because we talk about things that people don't like to be talked about. It's not that they don't like to be talked about. It's because we're telling the truth about things that they don't want the truth to be told about because they want to have a narrative. They want to have a Rob O'Neill narrative and tell their version of the truth. Well, it's not their version of the truth. It's not, we don't have different versions of the truth. If an island caught on fire and burnt down, an island caught on fire and burnt down, there's no other version of this. There's, what did you do? Why didn't we sound the sirens? Why didn't you have the water? Why did you block the roads off? Where where did you do the door-to-door canvassing that you said you did? Let, and I think us, just the American people want transparency and the government only wants to give transparency when it's, when it's uh, convenient to them. And, and listen, maybe the reason why they're not uh, being transparent is because they want the, you know, they want the conspiracy theories. They want the tinfoil hats. They want the deception. They want the distrust in government, you know, because that's going to help them with the upcoming election season. Listen, I'm telling you, deception is the key. Don't be deceived. Uh, stay tuned. We'll try to give you the truth on as much as we can. If you want to dive down the rabbit hole, Tune into Night Shift, uh, Night Shift Top Secret Information. Go over to Night Shift Top Secret Information today. Give us a five-star rating and review. Help move up the charts. Also, um, make sure you check out uh, Anti-Hero Podcast. Make sure you're checking out, uh, of course, all the shows that we have here on this channel, all five of them, Com Center, Breakdowns, everything else. And then, of course, Elijah's new show uh, that we have, which getting is Getting a Grip on Things. things. Uh, that is as of today, we officially under the C minus media package, getting a grip on things podcast, getting a grip on things podcast. I want to see those numbers jump. So if you're a big fan of us, you have to be a big fan of all those who part of us because we are trying to create our own news network, our own ginormous channel of like-minded believers who are trying to seek the truth, who, uh, who believe in some sort of conservative values and moral obligations, um, you know, without being far right or far left. So uh, if you want to be a part of the C minus media takeover, make sure you give all of these the opportunity because every one of these that makes money makes the whole channel money, which gets us better equipment, makes us hire better people, bigger people, people who are all like, again, trying to work together for the same objective and the same mission. Um, and uh, yeah, so I don't know who that is. Um, who is BC? Who is that? I know it's not the disruptors guys, but um, I, I think you're right. Carter. You said that BC is the disruptors guys, but I assure you the disruptors guys are not in our live chats. We don't. We're not a, affiliated with them at all. So quite a few I, new I people. Them, but, huh? We've had quite a few new people the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we have. We have. We have. Um, and then don't forget Diesel Jack. I mean Diesel Tech. Uh, Diesel Tech Bosco. He started his own little. Uh, podcast called forever road podcast uh for a mental break 
and then uh, he's not a part of our network. He's not a part of our channel, but we love Bosco. We, you know, and um, we love that he's pursuing podcasts and getting interested into it. And he's called us and got some advice. And so super proud of him for uh, taking that leap. And uh, he's just going to get better every other episode and, uh, you know, give him some, uh, give him some good feedback and give him some love because he's part of the Wolfpack and he's always been part of the Wolfpack. And, and of course we love all you guys. Uh, as for myself and dead leg media, Josh over here, uh, you guys have an awesome day. We will see you tomorrow night for comm center. See you tomorrow night for comm center. And then of course, Friday case breakdowns right here on the fair stop podcast channel until next time, guys, guns up.